0: For way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dies with out of PTM. Top fives and deep
1: dies with town of PTM. Top fives and deep dies with out of PTM. Top fives and deep dies with town of PTM.
0: Hey guys, welcome to Top 5s and Deep Dives. This is Justin over in LA. We've got Mike over in London. What's up, brother?
1: Yeah, how's it going, man?
0: Good, good, good. Very interesting topic today.
1: Yeah, very interesting topic. Very fun guest.
0: Yes. Well, a guest that, uh, fan favorite, dare I say. And, uh, a topic that was, was picked by our guest. And, and you've told me, Mike, isn't really a way you think about movies, so... So, a cool one for you. It's today, it's top five movies based on a true story.
1: Yeah. I, it's, I, once you, we came up with the topic, I was excited because I just, I mean, normally my brain starts, you know, running with a bunch of different things. And this one, I was kind of like, well, shit, what is based on a true story? But then once you dig into it, there's just a ton of great films.
0: So many. and th- And there's, I mean, there's a ton of movies that are just like, loosely 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 based on a true story so they can slap this on a lot of movies but yeah there really are a ton of movies also where they to a to a solid degree follow what really happened yeah yeah i'm very excited to dive into this and to introduce our guests but before we do we've got a couple things to do we've got our spotlight of the week and before we do that we have some very important patreon shout outs So as some of you may know, we just introduced our $1 tier. So for anyone who wants like the very entry level introduction to what Patreon is, what the what the bonus content is that we offer um, and, you know, if you just want to support us and the podcast and you're comfortable throwing a dollar a month our way, this would be the one for you and you get some great things and we had two people join up in the past week or so and that would be one of one of our recent guests who we we love dearly Wilder Huga did i get that right this time wilder i hope i did we can't wait to have you back on already dude that episode that we did with wilder is is Doing, doing incredible. Many, many listens. People are loving it. We loved having you on. And we're so appreciative that you've become a Patreon subscriber. We love you. And the other, hopefully a future guest, and that is Mr. John. I'm going to fuck this up. I want to say it's Dione, But my main man, Johnny, the pimp himself, as he, as he likes to say very often, as you'll fi- find out, Mike. But, dude, thank you so much for subscribing. And we've got to get him on, Mike, because he is as funny as they come. Man, Man's an aspiring comedian, actor, and he fucking kills it. And we, we need to get him on the pod soon. Agreed. Let's do it. Let's do it. But thanks to both of you. And without further ado, let's get into our spotlight, which, speaking of ma- movies based on a true story... It's the recent Matt Damon film, Stillwater. So what do you think, Mike?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, for our Patreon subscribers, I had mentioned this a few weeks back or a few apps back, I should say. Um, And I I like this movie. I really sort of saw it begrudgingly um, because I have an unlimited pass. But based on the trailer, I was like, eh, I don't really know about this. Uh, But then I saw it and it it has a lot more, there's a lot more elements in it um, that it looks from the trailer and it does some does some really interesting stuff sets up uh, some interesting tension and kind of a a big decision that I know town you and I have talked about offline and we are on opposite sides of um, which was interesting. We can't say what that is obviously, but uh, yeah there's it's it's really interesting to think about um, there's way more baked into it than you'd expect from the trailer
0: yes and and I think that. On the one hand, we we actually were pretty similar on our feelings on the movie in that we both went into this thinking, you know, like it, it looks like it's all right, but like it not necessarily like an absolute must see. And after seeing it, I'd say it's one of the more surprising and enjoyable movies I've seen in recent memory. I mean, obviously, with the pandemic recently, not too many movies have come out, but I'd say this is close to the top of my list of the ones that I have seen and yeah, really enjoyable, a really uh, interesting way that they take it for the second act and just much more of a film lovers movie than I was expecting. And now it was an absolute delight and Matt Damon was fantastic in it.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And as you said, based on a true story, though, maybe this, this then falls in the maybe loosely based.
0: Yeah it's a little bit of it's like an amanda knox type thing where matt damon's daughter is in a prison in france for you know supposedly killing this girl and she has always maintained her innocence and he is trying to seek the truth so yeah highly recommend checking it out and uh i guess we're ready to talk about some more movies based on a true story with our guest of course of course and uh this this is our guest with the highest number of episode appearances this is going to be her fourth full episode and if you forgot she had a little spotlight pop in recently it's the one and only alexandra curran welcome back
2: what's up Thanks for having me back. Of
0: course, of course.
2: I hope everyone likes my subject. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can almost hear you in the room over for me right now. <laughs> no
2: one's supposed to know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, she's in New York. We're all in different places in the world. It's very cool.
2: Exactly, yeah. Well, th- yeah, thanks for having me again. I'm excited that you chose my topic because this is one of my favorite topics. So
0: I mean, this is this is your bread and butter. There's nothing you love more than a good true story.
2: There are some of the best movies because when you're watching a movie, obviously, all movies are great. But when you're watching something that actually took place, whether it be in your lifetime or not in your lifetime, it's just so interesting to see and watch and learn about obviously a lot of Movies that are true stories, obviously some facts and stuff aren't actually what took place. But for the most part, I feel like they're pretty on point, which is cool.
1: And and I'm excited because you always bring movies that I've, I've not seen or not heard of. <laughs> you know, last, last time you brought us Slappy and the Stinker, so I don't know what can possibly top that.
2: True, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like minor – well, maybe I have a few on my – not my top five, but my honorable mentions might have a few thrown in there that could be confusing. But I feel like mine are pretty well known now, so we'll see. I'm excited to see what everyone has.
0: Me as well. Me as well. Should we, uh, should we just jump into it?
2: Sure. Let's
1: let's go. I think Alex, you should lead us off today
2: with number five.
1: Oh, I mean, you could start somewhere else. Okay? <laughs> That's, natural. That's the natural place.
2: I was like, has there ever been a point where either of you have accidentally said like number one before you've said number five?
1: No, but sometimes I mess up what, how like the numbers go, like in order. When I'm doing the recap, I go five, two a lot, which is not accurate. <laughs> <but>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So for my number five, um, I chose a really good movie from 1999. It's called Boys Don't Cry. It's with Hilary oh, yeah. Swank. Nice. Um, also, Chloe Sevigny, who funnily enough, we saw a movie last night with her. And I've been told she's my lookalike twin, my doppelganger. So, you know, shout out to Chloe. We look similar.
0: <laughs> I've never seen this movie.
2: I Yeah, I remember actually you telling me this. But... This movie, I think, is great. It's, it's really intense. It's obviously a very, very sad story about this uh, transgender man, Brandon Tina, who um, wanted to be a man, was born a woman, and goes through a lot of hardship and and hiding of who he really feels like he is and later something really sad happens in the movie obviously i don't want to ruin it for everyone so i'm not going to say it but it is you know i saw it a long time ago when i was a lot younger and it's it's a very impactful movie and i think hillary sprank did a great job on it so that's my number five have you you haven't seen it justin have you seen you seen it mike i have Yeah. yeah
1: it's a great film I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, and I do love Hillary Swank. I feel like in all of her roles, she does really, really well.
1: And they, I, I'm remembering distinctly that they talk about this movie in uh, that documentary. This film is not yet rated because of kind of the way this movie was treated by the ratings board because it dealt with content that they didn't like. Uh, whereas, you know, there's a lot of other movies that got away with things that were a lot more let's say x-rated mm-hmm. um and it kind of shows how how fucked up like this the rating system is in treating you know it, it, sort of intimate sensitive pieces like this that didn't deserve to have to be edited at all
2: interesting i didn't know that wow yeah but if you haven't watched it i recommend watching it because i feel like it de- definitely brings to light a lot of stuff and again hillary swank is a boss and I feel like she hasn't been in much lately, which is sad.
0: Well, you know what's really funny? She's actually, she. you're right. I think you're right. But she was in a minor role in this movie that I believe I talked about maybe in a Patreon episode, but uh, this movie called The Hunt Yeah. that yeah. came out last year with, uh, it was written by Damon Lindelof, but it has it has quite a few people in it. But she is sort of like the big bad in it. And it's it's a very funny role for her.
1: Interesting. She was in this, some sci-fi movie called I Am Mother a couple of years ago or last year. Maybe I didn't see it.
0: But. Interesting. She's like so big. You're. It's like surprising. She's not sort of doing bigger movies, if you know yeah. what I mean.
2: Yeah. Interestingly enough, just doing a little research, she was on a show. On Netflix called Away.
0: That's right. The space the space one or whatever. I remember seeing the advertisements for it. Yeah, and yeah. she was the lead in that. You're, yeah. So I guess she's been doing some stuff.
2: Yeah. Have to check it out. Yeah. But yeah. Love my number five. And it's tough because this movie is such a great movie. It was hard to rate my movies. And I feel like it could fit really in 4, 3, 2, and 1. But I, you know, I have some other favorites that are great, too. So it was tough. This list was tough, but definitely had to be on my top five.
1: Well, great, great pick. Great pick. Town, you want to give us your number five?
0: I will. Uh, So my number five is a movie that I find to be very underrated. And that is 2008's Changeling. Hmm.
1: Oh, I'm not sure if I've seen this. Me neither.
0: It is very good. It is uh, starring Angelina Jolie and directed by Clint Eastwood. It's also got John Malkovich in there. The general plot—I don't really want to ruin much because it is—it is like a true crime film. It's about—it it takes place back in the day in the, uh, I believe, the 20s and 1928 in Los Angeles and Angelina Jolie plays this woman Christine Collins and she finds out that her nine-year-old son Walter is missing and the LAPD several months after he disappears they apparently find the boy but when she reunites with him it is does not seem to actually be him And things go from there, but there's quite a few twists and turns and it's all based on, I mean, this is all like a true story and it's pretty crazy where it leads. And it's a very, it's a very satisfying movie. And it's, it's, I felt like it was not seen by enough people. And I find that when I dig around online, most people that have seen it hold a very similar view on it being quite underrated Uh, especially for someone like Angelina Jolie, who's very famous and there's certain roles that everyone talks about from her. This, this is a, for me, one of my favorite Angelina Jolie films, very gripping. And I mean, it does not let go until the very end. So highly recommend checking it out. And, uh, if you love a good crime mystery, this is, this is a good one for you.
2: Definitely have to check it out. It sounds like a good one.
0: Yeah.
1: I definitely have not seen this, but The Changeling from 1980 is a great haunted house film. Oh. So, bonus recommendation.
0: And, and, and just like that, we get a Mike horror pick. <laughs> Gotta love it. This is right on brand. Brings me back to our Christmas episode with horror films.
1: Yeah. When you first said it, I was like, wait, that's not a true story. But then I was like, oh, wait, no. He said 2008. That's not the same.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Okay. Great. Well. That's actually a perfect segue to my number five, because this is, I, I, I promise that my other four are very on the nose, but this is, this takes loosely to a new level. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh and it's a film that I know you're not really a fan of, Town, We talked about it in our, the first episode that is available for listening right now. I can't really remember in the full capacity, um, but that is 1973's The Exorcist.
2: Interesting.
1: Very let, me, interesting. let me just say that I say loosely because obviously obviously this didn't happen regardless of what anybody says it didn't happen but you know the writer of the film which is based on his book, he was inspired by let's just say a true story and he incorporated several elements from like an exorcism that he had heard about and is documented um, into the movie so it, it is based on a true story, but how true is that story I can't really say. Well, yes, I can. It's not. But anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. So, and Town, I'm remembering correctly, right, that you don't really like this movie?
0: I don't like this movie at all. And I've watched it multiple times.
1: Fantastic. So I will give my spiel, and then you could tell me why I'm wrong. I will. Um, But, yeah, so The Exorcist, I did rewatch it this week. It had been a while since I've seen it, and it's still pretty fucking great. Um, I will say I don't like the beginning at all, and it's a little bit slow getting into it. But once we get into it, I mean, everything just looks fucking incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of practical effects, and this movie is is really sensational. And I think the older I get, like, scary kids get sort of scarier and scarier by the year. Um, I don't know if that's some, like, Freudian thing that I'm missing. But, um, yeah, Linda Blair is great in it. I love Ellen Ellen Burstyn as the mom. um, And the whole thing still really, really works for me. Not you know it doesn't get me sort of the way that it might have when I was younger in terms of actually being scared, but it's creepy as hell. It's one of those like cursed films where a lot of weird shit went on on the set, which I think is a cool concept. Um, And I definitely wanted to try to sneak something like this into the list. So, The Exorcist, number five. You
2: just want to be controversial. That's what you're telling me. It's
1: based on a true story.
2: I guess. I guess I could say like a lot of these true story movies. Obviously families of people that the movie's about and things like that, people do say like there are things not correct in the storyline or things that happen in different on a different timeline. So I guess in that sense, yeah, you could I guess the exorcist works.
0: Yeah. I mean <laughs> Whatever this guy wants to say, you know what I'm saying? What a piece of shit movie though. What a piece of shit movie. <laughs> this fucking I movie.
2: haven't seen it. Probably won't.
0: All right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, Alex. This fucking movie, as a guy that loves horror, there's nothing scary about it. May, I mean, maybe if you know, it came out back, if you were the right age back then when the technology wasn't as good in movies, and I'm not even that big on technology in movies, I just think the kid that's possessed it's laughable. It's fucking laughable. Yeah,
2: but like when you become an adult, so is Jaws. So... Yeah, but but
0: I saw The Exorcist when I was smaller. And I, I've always loved horror movies. I saw it when I was in high school. It didn't scare me then. It didn't scare me in college. It didn't scare me in my 20s. And it doesn't scare me in my, in my I 30s. I guess,
2: is it considered a like a horror?
0: It's considered a yeah, horror it, classic.
1: It scared the fuck out of everybody when it came out in the 70s. Like there's a lot of probably also not true stories of people like fainting uh, from watching it and shit like that.
0: I guess here's where I will give it some form of credit, which is just if you know me well, I just don't like for the most part possession horror films. I think they're cheesy. I I just possession doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. It's like the one subgenre that I don't really like. So it's it's just not my cup of tea is I guess what you could say.
2: Got it. I will never, I will never be able to, you know, side with either of you on this. Because <laughs> so you'll never see it. We'll just agree to disagree.
1: Glad we have Alex to play mediator today. I
0: know. I know. Thank, Thank God.
2: I, you know, I don't want any arguments to break out here about the Exorcist. <laughs>
0: What a thoughtful, thoughtful lady that you are. Why don't you give us your number four so we can forget about this movie?
2: (laughs) So number four, um, great movie, Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Oh,
1: nice. Matthew McConaughey,
2: Jennifer Garner, Jared Leto. First of all, Jared Leto, who plays Rayon, one of my favorite characters ever, just does the part so well, and I just – I love this movie because of Jared Leto. I think you know his acting is just so on point. But yeah, I just I think it's a great story. Obviously, um, a little background on it if you haven't seen it. I feel I feel like most people have seen it. Both of you have seen it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm not too yeah. big on it.
2: Interesting.
0: I really do love Leto in it, but I I think a little bit of my bias is that. McConaughey beat out Leo in Wolf of Wall Street at the Oscars, and I thought it was a very unjust win. I thought just because he lost a lot of weight, they gave it to him, and I thought it was Leo gave the performance of his career. So I'm bitter against Dallas Buyers Club.
2: You're bitter against the movie because Leo won, but that (laughs) doesn't really reflect on the movie.
0: Kind no, of because Leo lost, but I mean,
2: oh yeah, because Leo lost. <laughs> no, dad. no,
0: I thought it was a solid movie, but it wasn't one of my. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I like it a lot more than The Exorcist. <laughs> That's
2: not saying much.
1: <laughs> Have you guys seen any trailers for the House of Gucci movie? No, no,
2: but I do Leto, want
1: to see that. Wow, Leto is is incredible. Just to, just in the trailers is enough for me. That has He's just Lady
2: Gaga style,
1: too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm Adam for that. I'm not excited at all about the movie, but the cast is pretty fucking good.
2: Oh, I'm excited about the movie because it sounds good. (laughs) How can you be excited about the cast but not excited about the movie? That makes no sense to me.
1: I'm just not that interested in whatever it is that happened with Gucci.
2: So you're you're excited about all the people that are going to be acting in it and think that's amazing, but you just don't want to see it.
1: I will see it. Maybe <laughs> much like our spotlight, Stillwater. I will, you know, just see it, and then I'll be pleasantly surprised. Because I mean, we didn't even mention Jeremy Irons, Selma Hayek, and Al Pacino is in there. I mean, it's it's stacked. Oh, Jesus, but. and it's Ridley Scott directing, right? So I think it's maybe it'll be all right. All right. Wow.
0: Well, tell us a, tell us a little bit more about Dallas Buyers Club.
2: Well, obviously, it's you know based on a true story of. And Matthew McConaughey plays one of the main characters who is a smoker, drinker, lots of casual sex, ends up getting HIV. And he is definitely on the racist and homophobic side. So he, you know, isn't accepting of what he's been told having HIV. But he, you know, then kind of turns it around and, And starts working um, and meets Jared Leto and starts working with um, Rayon to, you know, get this drug that's not available in the U.S. brought into the U.S. So um, that helps with AIDS and HIV. And they work together basically to give out this drug to anyone that does have HIV and AIDS to help them. And it is a drug that works and helps, but they have a very hard time getting it into the US because it's not FDA approved. So it just, you know, goes through that storyline, but I think it's a, you know, it just shines a spotlight on how there are a lot of drugs in other places that aren't accessible in the US that actually help people who have certain diseases and things like that and we could obviously go down a rabbit hole talking about that scenario and situation, but mm-hmm. it is a it is a really great story. Um, And Jennifer Garner, obviously, is a doctor who, you know, really believes in these, um, you know, drugs that can help people, but also is on the side of like understands the policies that are in place. So she's kind of in between, right, sympathizing on their side, but also knowing the policies that are in place by the FDA and stuff. So, yeah, it's just an awesome movie.
0: You know what? I'm going to have to give that one a rewatch because I only saw it once. So it's I think it's time.
2: Uh, you have. Yeah, I'll watch it again, too. So.
0: OK, deal. Yeah, I'm the same,
1: actually. I just saw it when it came out and I haven't seen it since. But I definitely I, I thought about revisiting it for this, but there was just too many to try to get to. And
2: you'll rethink, you know, about why Matthew McConaughey won over Leo, I'm sure.
0: Mm, I don't think I will. I think I'll just, I'll, I think I will rethink about it. And but I think, I think I'll confirm. Jared Letter won too, right? Uh, I, I
2: think believe. he did.
0: But he was great. He was
2: supporting.
0: McConaughey was fucking great. But Leo was next level for me that year. For me that year, Leo had my money. Matthew
1: McConaughey also was in that movie though. So doesn't he, surely he just deserves the award for being on
0: all the good. <laughs> Oh, he did have a great scene in that movie. I love McConaughey. I fucking love you if you ever listen to this. But I just Leo. That was the that was that was Leo's year for me. They they knew they fucked up because then they gave it to him like the next year for the Revenant. Anyhow, number four. I I love this this movie, which is 2007's Into the Wild, directed by Sean Penn. Starring Emil Hirsch as as Christopher McCandless, and also just just a a big cast in this. You've got Marcia Gay Harden, William Hurt. You've got uh, Vince Vaughn, Zach Galifianakis, Kristen Stewart, Hal Holbrook, Katherine Keener, Jenna Malone. But uh, yeah, it's based on the book of the same name uh, that came out in 1996. Uh, And so, yeah, Christopher McCandless, he hiked across uh, some of North America and then into Alaska in the early 90s. And Emile Hirsch plays him. It starts with him arriving near this national park in Alaska. And he, like, sets up his campsite famously in this abandoned bus that's out, like, in the middle of nowhere. And you flash back and see what led him to this place over this two and a half hour movie, and it's it's just incredible. I love movies that are about, I guess, like finding yourself, or be, sort of also just becoming more like one with nature. Like I love na- like nature, national parks, hiking, all that shit, being out in the wild, and this is one movie that is very much within that world and dealing with a character trying to get out into that world to, I think, solve some of his problems. And it's it's just really well done. And if you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. I, you don't really meet people that don't like this movie. It's it's just a great film.
1: I mean, great film, great story. Uh, I believe this made it to my Movies That Make Me Cry list. Ooh. Um, A very memorable ending. Yes. Um, But yeah, and we we always hold down for Emil Hirsch.
0: I mean, he's the fucking man. He's, uh, I love him. I think he's one of the more underrated guys in Hollywood. And this is maybe his most famous role.
1: That's true, actually, yeah.
0: You've seen this, Alex, yeah?
2: I haven't.
0: Oh my. I feel like that's
2: always the situation with you guys. I've never seen any of the movies you have actually seen. It's
0: so funny because I think like Mike and I always think that all these movies are like, how did you not see this movie? And then you think that about us with all these like, all the films that you bring to us.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's good. That's how we get good That's This one you'll definitely like, Alex. I mean, I think like Townshead, pretty much everybody likes this movie. So that, that said, pretty much everybody likes The Exorcist, and obviously.
0: <laughs> well, anyway. and with that said, please <laughs> tell us your number four, my friend, because I'm sure I'm going to like it more than The Exorcist. Another movie that pretty much everyone likes. Oh, god, Did I speak too soon?
1: Should have won Best Picture. Um, it did not. I think we talked about it in the honorables, or there's a few that should have won. This is a notoriously bad year where Driving Miss Daisy won. Um, but that is 1989's My Left Foot.
0: Wow. Mike, I have been told to see this movie forever and ever, and it has been on my list, and I still have not seen it.
1: Uh, well, you're definitely going to love it, because it may be – no, I can't say that. Daniel Day-Lewis has given so many best perform- best performances, but like this is really – it's got to be one of his like top three, I would say. Wow. And it is, it's directed by Jim Sheridan, who also did In the Name of the Father, another true story starring Daniel Day-Lewis, about events that took place in – the town that I live in, not two minutes from where I live. Um, That's I unbelievable. Uh, My left foot is about. Uh, it's it's based on I, I believe uh, yeah an autobiography from I guess a writer painter Christy Brown, who um, was I think this is set in the fifties um, in Ireland and he has cerebral palsy and it's about kind of him learning. Well, it spans quite a bit of his life, but he, he le- has to learn essentially how to um, paint and, and write with his foot. And it's, um, I, I mean, it's really, it's super inspirational. It's a great story. Um, I think the the film is pretty, pretty much in keeping with what has actually happened, um, or at least in the autobiography, because the story kind of speaks for itself. But I think what I like about this the most, besides an absolutely incredible performance, is that it feels like a really honest depiction of who Christy Brown was. Um, You know, like a a film, like, let's say, uh, like the elephant man, maybe is a film that I really like, but I'm not really sure how much you get to learn about sort of John Merrick. Um, You just kind of pity him for most of the film. Whereas in this, like Christy, he's not like some sort of charity case. I mean, yes, he's, he's talented and deserving of your sort of empathy, but He's also, he's bitter, he's angry, he's jealous, he's a drunk, um, and you get to kind of see a full personality develop that, again, I mean, DeAndre Lewis is a fucking beast, and he absolutely kills this role. Um, And last thing I'll say is it's also, it's a really interesting depiction of kind of life um, in Ireland at this time, sort of in the 50s, and there's, he has a big family, and you get to meet um, some of them as well. So great, great movie, and town you've, You will not be let astray. I mean, everyone's telling you to watch this for a reason. It's great.
0: All right, I'm ready.
2: Another one to add to my list. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Wow. Back back to me. Back
0: to you. Number three.
2: Perfect. So my number three um, is Wild with uh, Reese Witherspoon. That's also my number three. What the What the fuck?
0: Look at you guys. Wow. We're just on that wavelength.
2: Amazing. Yeah, so Wild, I feel like because we both love hiking, that's why we both put it on our list and kind of want to go do the Pacific Crest Trail, but also seems like it would be a lot.
0: (laughs) I'm down if you are. I'm putting that out there publicly.
2: I'm not going to say that publicly. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, it's a great storyline and obviously a true story about um, a woman, Cheryl Strayed, who – Basically, after a lot of destructive, reckless reckless behavior has, you know, her marriage has ended, her mom has died. She decides with no experience to go and hike the Pacific Crest Trail alone, which I think is so badass and ballsy. Um, and you just kind of follow along on her, you know, travels, walking on the Pacific Crest. Crest Trail and all the things she learns and um, discovers and just how nature can really in a sense cleanse you of a lot of stuff So, Mm -hmm. and I think it's such a beautiful story because obviously nature is beautiful and it does really cleanse you even if you go on a 30 minute hike or to the beach or anything that's involving nature it really does give you a sense of like peace and clarity and I feel like she just you know went out and did it and I think that's super awesome and scary and yeah great movie if you haven't seen it
0: Yeah I think uh and yeah this movie came out in 2014 and I I agree with a lot of your points and I mean you said it best I could I can relate to everything you said and then I'll add that yeah, it's just again, it's sort of for me it's a bit of a continuation of Into the Wild, my number 4 pick. They're both dealing with a character that is really just getting out there and and doing it with Into the Wild, I mean they are different stories. Into the Wild, he spirals in a, in a sense whereas with this, she is she really is sort of, you know, starting the next chapter of her life and and cleansing herself and yeah, I think in some way, all of us at a certain time or times in our life wish we could do something like this, whether it's do a crazy hike like this or just just get away for a while. And yeah, she does it. And it's I, I definitely envy her and would love to do something of a of a similar nature. And if you're unaware of the Pacific Crest Trail, it goes from essentially the border of of Mexico and the the U.S. all the way up to Washington State. So it's very long.
1: I think it even goes into Canada, doesn't
0: it? It might.
2: I feel like, too, it just, you know, as a woman alone doing that, it's really brave.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, especially at
1: the time. I think it's yeah. a lot more. I mean, not not that it's super common now, but it's still a lot more now for for women to do solo hikes like that.
2: And this. I I feel like too she kind of led the charge for women feeling like they were they're able to go out and do something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, know? for sure. I mean, the the book is also super popular, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and Mike, you're right. It's pretty much on the Canada US border. Oh, right. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's 2,653 miles long, which for anyone that does not use miles, that's 4,270 kilometers. So it's crazy. And yeah, I'm putting it out there publicly. I'd do it with Alex. I'd do it with you, babe.
2: I don't want to say I'm going to do it because <laughs> then I'd have to be held accountable to <laughs> myself saying that out loud. You,
0: you, you, you're not saying you wouldn't do it.
2: No, but...
0: Yeah, there we go. That's all we need. That's all we need, people. Also,
1: can we just point out that your last two movies were both directed by the same person?
0: Jean-Marc Fillet, I think it is. Wait, he did both Wild and Into the Wild.
1: No, no, he did Wild and Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Oh, wow. oh my God. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Wait, yeah, so wow, Alex is a big fan of this director. Who knew?
2: Shout out. Shout out. Cameron. Shout
0: out. So Wild, number three for both of us. OK,
1: well, my number three is it's one of my favorite sort of characters, like one of my favorite performances, really, um, in any film. That's 1973's Serpico. You know what? I've never seen it.
2: Mike just coming in left field.
0: Pretty famous movie. I've just never seen it.
1: Yeah, and this is a Sydney Lumet film. And he also did with the same star, Al Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon, which competed for this spot because I fucking love that film as well but i'm just slightly less connected to the character but another fantastic performance i mean 70s pacino is just off the fucking charts um and this is a a true story about a cop who you know finds out that basically everyone in the police force of new york is corrupt and he uh you know gets involved in sort of taking them down so to speak but pacino is and i guess the character the real person frank serpico is he's such an interesting guy because he well the way that the film is constructed for the first half especially it's like it jumps forward like a couple years um like every 10 minutes or so so we see him from when he's young until he's like kind of a veteran on the force and without really there's no like exposition or like any inciting incidents you just kind of see him slowly becoming more and more of a hippie um so like his hair gets crazy his mustache gets crazy he wears like you know like like vests and stuff into work and he's always a plain clothes officer so he never actually has to put on a uniform you know he moves out of like his italian american neighborhood down into greenwich village um everybody just calls him paco i have no idea why like that's just his nickname and like no one questions it he has this outrageous like shaggy sheepdog that he like runs around. He gets in these like hippie parties. He's like smokes weed. So anyway, he just becomes this like hippie over the course of the movie. And uh, the other thing about it is that he never actually wants to like take down the corruption. So it's not, I mean, it does end up obviously going there, but it's not really like your classic sort of hero story because the first like 12 years on the force, he just keeps like transferring Um, every time he finds out that that, you know department is corrupt, so it's not like he's angered about it. He's just like, Hey, you guys do you. I'm not gonna take any like illegal money and I'm just gonna like peace. And eventually it catches up with him, but he's this weird, yeah, like hippie loner cop. Um, and I think Pacino just does a great job. And I've just always uh loved the character, and and yeah, the film is great. Um, but largely because of his performance and then some, some interesting style from Sydney Lamette, but it's a great, great one.
0: Okay, I yeah, I've meant to see this for a long time and just haven't. So you recommending it on the pod is the greatest reason to finally get my ass in gear and do it.
2: Another one to add to the list. (laughs) Add to the list.
0: (laughs) Al, you're at number two.
2: So number two, um, it is The Fighter from 2010. Oh. Oh, cool. Yeah, a fucking great one. With Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale, two of my favorite actors. So obviously I'm going to love this movie, regardless of storyline. But um, also Amy Adams and Melissa Leo are in it. And it's just such... I've seen this movie so many times. And, you know, boxing and stuff isn't my jam. Really don't like to watch it live. Freaks me out watching people get hit in the face and stuff. But I just think this movie is so great in so many ways. Obviously, you know, the boxing is a big part of it, but also, too, just the relationship between two brothers and how, obviously, Christian Bale is, you know, a drug addict and falling apart, and his brother wants so badly to follow in his older brother's footsteps of being a great boxer, but his brother is just a nightmare and, you know, falling apart and literally on his deathbed and just I don't know just the way the, the relationship works in the family and the mom is so protective of Dickie who is who plays Christian Bale and then or Christian Bale plays Dickie and then also Mickey who's his brother um, who obviously wants to be the next I think was it lightweight cha- is that what it's called lightweight champion Walter well something I think weight he's champion? a light welterweight light welterweight yeah see boxing not my thing <laughs> But yeah, so I just I, – I love just the relationship between the two, and I think they both perform so well in this movie. And, and you can always see, even though he kind of splits off from the family at some point, you know, Amy Adams is, like, being supportive of Mark Wahlberg and wants him to succeed and win. He eventually comes back to, like, to his brother, and you just know that that connection is so strong between them that they'll never – you know not be brothers so yeah it's i feel like it has a lot of like love in the movie
0: it does and it also i mean like the performances are so are so good like mm-hmm. christian bale is just unbelievable in this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and i love david o russell too who who directs it his other movies are great as well but this might this is is up there for me for him I love both this and, and Silver Linings playbook are probably my two favorites by him. But yeah, The Fighter is fucking fantastic. What a pick.
1: Yeah, I like this one a lot as well. I mean, I am a big fan of boxing um, and I know it, it meant a lot uh, for Mark Wahlberg to get this film made and to play Irish Mickey Ward, you know, being a Boston guy. Mm-hmm. So I think you definitely get some of that in the film. And it's uh, yeah, it definitely it's, it's a good one. It totally works. Big
2: fan. The pick amazing,
0: okay. My number two is the only movie that I think I've talked about in another pod episode, but I could not resist because I just think it's one of the most fascinating true stories put to film. And that is 2016's Lion.
1: I I should have known that was coming actually, but yeah, yeah,
2: (laughs) that's on my honorable mentions. Such a great movie,
0: it really is, and it uh. It partly takes place in Australia, partly takes place in India. Um, if you're not aware of the story, in 1986, uh, this fa- this boy, Saru, who is the main character of, of the film, uh, he's five years old, and he lives with his mom, a younger baby sister, and then his older brother, Gadu, uh, in this really small town in India. And so... One night Gudu is going to like do some like overnight work and Saru bugs him like that. He wants to come too. He lets him and Gadoo puts, puts Saru on this bench at a, one of the train stations, tells him to wait till he comes back. And when he finally wakes up, his brother's not there. And he gets on a train, like looking for him. That's one of just like the empty trains sitting there, ends up falling asleep again on the train and he wakes up to the train moving doors are locked and he is officially a lost child. So he eventually gets to the next a faraway town in India And the long story short, no one's able to figure out where he's from. He's not really able to communicate because there's different dialects throughout the country. And eventually, he ends up being adopted by this Australian couple. And we fast forward like 20 years later. And Saru finally is starting to wonder... If he could ever find his real family again, and that's that's where things really start to pick up. But it, it's just the most unbelievable true story, and everyone's great in this movie. Dev Patel plays plays the older Saru. You've got Nicole Kidman in there, Rooney Mara, and and just everyone's great in this movie. Especially also the the young kids and the and the young boy that plays uh, Saru. I believe his name is uh uh is it I think it's Sunny Sunny Pawar, but yeah, this movie it's unbelievable. It's on. It was in our episode for me top five movies that make me make us cry, and it's 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 emotional. It's it's just incredible.
2: Yeah, I agree. I love that movie, and I only saw it recently for the first time. But it you know it's a very like, sweet and loving movie.
0: And you just can't believe that it's true.
2: Yeah, I know. It's so, it's so, so shocking. And, too, it's just, like, to see the love of, like, obviously, the people that have raised him, but also the love for his, you know, family that he was born into.
0: Yes, it's not, um, it, it's not Hollywood in that way, in that, like, his adoptive parents really support him mm-hmm. and like there's not all that drama of like oh my god like he won you know he doesn't care about us anymore or anything like that it's like it's it's really yeah it's a it's a heartwarming movie and also an emotional movie and it's 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 really good if you haven't seen it highly recommend it
1: yeah I've seen this also only recently based on your recommendations and and I thought it was good as well and uh, you do I won't say anything that happens, but you do get some some sort of real footage mixed in there. And that always that brings it home
0: for sure. Oh, you're right. I fr- oh, you're so right.
1: Uh, OK, that's me. Number two, that's you. I am curious if you guys have seen this film because I saw it sort of when it came out and then I
0: kind of forgot about it until this week.
1: That is from 2007 and it's called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly.
0: You know what? I haven't. But that's a movie on my list. I've wanted to see. Have you seen Alex?
2: No, I haven't. I was just looking it up quickly to make sure, but no, I haven't.
0: Yeah, I saw it, I guess
1: when it came out on DVD, sort of in the blockbuster days, but um, yeah, it, it made such an impression on me that I think about it pretty often, but I never actually went back to rewatch it um, until this week and it did not disappoint. So this is directed by Julian, I think it's Schnabel, who is like an artist, but he's made a few films. Um, He did At Eternity's Gate a few years ago and and Basquiat in the 90s, I guess. And it is telling the true story of Jean-Dominique Bobby. Uh, He goes by Jean Doe. He was the editor of Elle magazine and he um, had a a stroke that left him um, with uh, what's called locked in syndrome. Um, which is basically when, like, your entire body is paralyzed, but your brain is working uh, normally. So in this case, everything is paralyzed but his left eye. And he, you know, uh, eventually sort of, let's say, stops feeling sorry for himself and decides he is going to write his memoir. And he sort of, with the help of nurses at the hospital, develops say, well, he doesn't develop it, but he works in a way that – Basically he blinks, like someone reads him the alphabet and he blinks um, with the letter of the word that he wants to write and he writes an entire uh, book that way. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's its something that sounds like it could be sort of gimmicky or, or cheap or cloying and it's, it's amazing because it's, it's none of those things. It's really profound, it's really beautiful. And just by the nature of the story, it's, it's one of those films that just, it really, really makes you think Um, about life and the things that sort of matter and and it's um you know i know Tan, this is a film that that you'll definitely appreciate because it's it's going to put you in the similar type of place as something like say vanilla sky um just kind of pondering the meaning of sort of life and existence and it's just uh like i said it made it made a big impression on me when i first saw it and it's definitely still still holds weight so check it out
0: I absolutely am going to, and and you know what, Mike, you're going to love? You know who loves this movie and has told me before that I need to see it? Our dear friend, Wilder. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, I definitely want to watch that, too. It sounds really interesting.
0: Agreed. Wow. We're here. Number one.
2: Okay, my number one is, drumroll please, da,
0: da, 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 da,
2: 2000's Aaron Brockovich. Wow. <laughs>
1: I'm not a fan of this movie, so I, lo- I oh can't
2: Oh my god.
0: Wow. my.
2: Uh, of course, going against the grain. <laughs> going against the grain. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, Aaron Brockovich has always been a favorite of mine. I've probably watched it. I have to say, 30 plus times. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anytime it's on TV, I'll watch it just because it's on TV. And then I've purposefully watched it a lot of times because it's such a great movie. And I don't know, just I feel like Julia Roberts does it so well. And yeah, I don't. it's so hard to even there's nothing to complain about about it. I feel like it's, you know, and she won an Oscar for it. So oh, she
0: won the Oscar for this. It's a gr- I I hadn't actually seen it until with you somewhat recently, and I thought it was great.
2: Yeah, and Aaron Eckhart, he's in it and plays her boyfriend, which I love. And then also Aaron Brockovich herself makes a little cameo, which I think is really awesome. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, which is would be very shocking to me because I feel like everyone has seen it. Um, it's about you know a woman who's unemployed. She's a single mother looking to find a job, and she, you know, loses a lawsuit against a doctor in a car accident, and she did get a lawyer for it, and this lawyer kind of, not in a sense blows her off, but doesn't really obviously care about her case, so she kind of somehow maneuvers her way into working at his firm without, you know, him knowing and and stuff, and she basically puts her foot down and says give me a job I need a job and um, obviously other people at the firm aren't really into Erin because she dresses a little more flashy in a sense you know big boobs and all of that but she goes to work and you know ends up getting involved in this real estate case involving um, PG&E and does all this research and ends up you know, really changing the lives of a lot of people who are being poisoned by PG and E. So one, you know, a great story about a woman just putting her foot down and, and making it happen for herself, which I think is really awesome. And two, it just shows that anything you set your mind to, you can really do right. True. So yeah. Love this movie. I think it's, and I'll continue to watch it for forever. I think.
0: Mike tell us why you don't like it
2: yeah what is your critique Mike I
1: you know the the thing is like there's there's a bunch of movies that are like this uh like a civil action is one or or dark waters that came out was that two years ago where like you know some lawyer is defending a
2: town yeah then critique like dark country. water no, no, that I'm just hold on. Years. So I'm,
1: I'm saying there's a there's I many. I enjoy Dark many, Waters. Me too. There's <laughs> there's many that are like this, and and this one just feels like a sort of Disney version. It's very simplified, and it's just like Aaron Brokovich is a girl boss, and that's the whole film. It never really gets more complicated than that. And she walks all over everybody and takes what she wants, and shocker, she gets it. And it's like, okay, that was fine, but it's 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 not not really for me.
2: Yeah, but it's. It's someone who has three children, no money to her name, like and and it came out twenty one years ago. I feel well, like well, I'm not back diminishing
1: then. the sort of accomplishment of the real person. I just I just feel like in the movie, it's just it really lacks any sort of drama because it's very clear what's going to happen from the beginning, and it doesn't really have any sort of interesting beats to it besides that.
2: I don't agree, but that's okay. We'll agree to disagree.
0: There's a little bit of beef right now, <laughs> a little bit of beef going on. Well, I think it's great. Number one, Aaron Brockovich, and brings me to mine, which is a uh, a newfound number one. Oh, and that's a movie that Alex and I just watched yesterday. <laughs> oh wow, 2007's Zodiac.
1: Oh wow, okay. I'm surprised that you that you like this one actually.
0: So directed by David Fincher, about the Zodiac Killer. And I have to admit, when this first came out, I saw it, I believe, in theaters. And I wasn't... I love Fincher, but I wasn't that big on it at the time because if you know... And, and I mean, I don't find this to be a spoiler alert because this is very common knowledge, but the Zodiac Killer has never been caught. And... I was a lot younger back then. I didn't know much about the Zodiac Killer. And I didn't like that you don't find out who the killer is necessarily. But over the years, becoming a true crime nut, uh, loving just mystery thriller type films, finally sat down and rewatched this movie and... I mean, it's about two hours and 40 minutes and man, I could watch it for another 240 because I was just fascinated with every scene and knowing that to a, to a degree, this is quite accurate. I, there's, there's some, uh, creative liberties that are taken, but you've got Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo I mean, I couldn't even... I didn't even remember how stacked the cast is. You've also got all these other somewhat... Not smaller actors, but like your next tier. You've got Dermot Mulroney, uh, Elias Codius. I hope I'm saying that right. Mike, our guy, Donal Logue. Donal, big shout out. Chloe Sevigny, who some people think looks like Alex. I don't necessarily think that, but... You know, to, to each their own for the people to think that. And yeah, it's just fucking very interesting going through the entirety of the case starting in the late 1960s through the 70s and we even get as far as the early 90s by the end of this film. And I, I really think it's it's Fincher's most underrated film and after re-watching and going through his filmography a bit, there's a chance it's my favorite Fincher. Love this movie. Love how it portrays a true crime case. And uh, it's it's. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And if you've never seen it, you should absolutely give it a watch. And also, you get to see Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo in a shit ton of scenes together years before... They're in all these scenes together as as Iron Man and the Hulk. Who the hell knew?
1: I just found out that they were Iron Man and the Hulk. That's, that's <laughs> the big news.
0: Oh, my God. I knew that's Robert Downey was Iron Man, but I know. this fucking
2: guy. Yeah, it was such a great movie, Zodiac. And I really, I enjoyed, you know, obviously it's about the Zodiac killer, but also, too, just seeing, you know, how cases like this really... You know, for a lot of these um, detectives and officers, it really you know takes a toll on their lives because they want you know to close the case so bad and have that person caught. But a lot of the you know this certain case was very tough
0: mm-hmm. and still baffles everyone to this day. And mm-hmm. it's but yeah, just seeing the impact not only of course on the affected families and victims but yes like you're saying the detectives and the police officers that the this case just you know drives either alcoholism or, or just spiraling and mm-hmm. it's just a really well done movie and i think hits all angles and and actually in hindsight now having read up a lot on the case i i love the ending and i, th- I think it's a great movie
1: yeah, and it's still still a huge case. I mean, was it last year that someone solved like one of those ciphers that led yep. to absolutely nothing, but still everybody was obsessed with it? Like it made no impact, whatever, but it was still just massive news.
0: Yeah, so so Al, last year in 2020, mm-hmm. the final like cipher, like the, the like coded messages he would send, uh-huh. there was one that had never been – uh decoded and it finally was
2: oh interesting
0: but it sadly didn't give them really any new info
2: it's unfortunate that i feel like it's one case that's gonna be hard to ever
0: ever solve yeah yeah i don't know i did a i went really deep down a rabbit hole today about it and i i just i don't know if it's ever getting solved i really don't know
1: and this this is the 60s
0: This was the late '60s and early '70s. Okay, yeah. That was like when the actual, the confirmed Zodiac murders took place.
1: Yeah, that's that's quite quite a ways. Um, It is. But yeah, yeah, good. I didn't know. I well, like you said, you didn't originally like this film, so it's interesting to hear um, that you like it, and it's it's climbed all the way up your list.
0: Do you like it?
1: I I do I do uh, I think the reason why I thought you didn't like it is I I find that there are some similarities between this and Spotlight in terms of sort of that the kind of plotting structure just going through kind of the paperwork over and over again and I I kind of thought that's why you didn't like it
0: Oh yeah because I hate Spotlight
1: But yeah no I definitely do like it I've seen it a few times It's a bit it's a bit long for me I'm not as glued to the screen for the entire uh, movie as you are But I, I definitely like it.
0: Yeah, I think why I love this and I don't love Spotlight, I mean like one reason is because even though they nece- they somewhat have a similar pace, this is dealing with like a series of murders and it's like I'm trying to solve the yeah, mystery yeah, yeah. as they are. And although what, what of course they're uncovering is, is awful and massive in Spotlight, it's just more of like a, newsroom type procedural to me where this is a bit more of, yes, they deal with like the paper and everything, but you're also dealing with the detectives and there's just a lot more moving pieces that are interesting for, for my tastes.
1: So how long has Mark Ruffalo been the Hulk? Uh,
0: this is a great question. He has been the Hulk since.
1: Cause I saw Eric a Hulk and I saw Edward Norton Hulk.
0: His first appearance was it was in in the first avengers film in 2012
1: oh shit that's a long time ago
0: that edward norton hulk came out a few years prior to that but then and that was part of that whole marvel universe but then for whatever reason that didn't work out for the long term so ruffalo took over starting with the avengers and then he's in he's in the avengers he's in iron man 3 He's in... I mean, he's in all the Avengers films. He's in certain other Marvel Universe films. So, yeah, he's like a very regular part of of the whole Marvel Universe at this point.
1: Interesting. Okay. Well, you learn something new every day. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, so, that's me, number one, right? Yes. Well, mine is a film that I absolutely love and it is 1994's ed wood wow
0: another absolute like classic that has been on my list forever
1: have you seen this alex
2: i have not
1: (laughs) well perfect watch it together um (laughs) this is uh i think it's tim burton's best film for sure um it stars johnny depp as ed wood who's like a I guess famously bad filmmaker is that sort of an accurate description. Who's once voted worst director uh, ever? Um, it has Martin Landau, it has Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette, it has Bill Murray, um, and it is—it's—it's it's really. I guess it's all about sort of his filmmaking career over the course of really three three films, um, none of which were sort of well received. Um, but one that I thought about talking about are alien episodes Plan nine from outer space. I digress. Um, <laughs> it is. It's really interesting because this is, it's, I mean, Tim Burton has admitted this, that it's, it's not exactly realistic. Like it is true and it really is a biopic, but he's told it kind of based on, um, he's almost told it from Ed Wood's perspective um, and the thing about Ed Wood is, like, he never he was never making like intentionally bad films. He wasn't like in on the joke. He thought that he was making amazing films, and that sort of like positivity and sincerity um, is, finds its way through the entire film, um, and it just makes me so happy. Like, even when sad stuff is happening, it's just like this is a true like feel good uh, movie for me. Uh, Martin Landau plays Bella Lugosi, absolutely kills it. Um, and I just love seeing him uh, him being depicted in the film and kind of getting his sort of, I, I don't want to say 15 minutes, but certainly, you know, he's he's not that famous of a person anymore, let's say. Um, Edward has uh, a really sweet relationship with Patricia Arquette, which is great, and a really, like, kind of leave-it-to-beaver-y relationship with Sarah Jessica Parker that I also love. Um, Bill Murray's fucking hilarious. Uh, and I could go on about this movie forever. But, I mean, for me, this is, like... The, the only sort of debate I have about this film is whether it's just great or it's like one of my favorite films ever because it's just, I fucking love it. I watched it again this week and it really, this is like comfort food for me. It just makes me so happy to watch this film.
0: Wow. I mean, you've said a few that are hilariously on my like long time list, but yeah, this one, I mean, with your fucking ringing endorsement right now, I think Alex and I are going to have to watch this one soon.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like... I have a long list from Mike, pretty much, I think, all of his movies. And no, you're not going to
1: watch The Exorcist.
2: We, oh, we yeah, The Exorcist, yeah, that, yeah, that one, True. not but, watching that But yeah.
0: literally the other four.
2: Exactly. The other four, yes, and then I think you had a few that I have to watch, too.
0: <laughs> you do there. I do, I do. Well, fucking great lists, guys. Should we recap them? Five to one. Al, you want to start?
2: Sure. So number five, Boys Don't Cry. Four Dallas Buyers Club, three Wild, two the Fighter, and number one, Aaron Brockovich.
0: I am five Changeling, four Into the Wild, three Wild, two, Lion, and one Zodiac.
1: And I'm five, the Exorcist, four, my left foot, three Serpico, two Diving Bell and the Butterfly, and one
0: Edwood.
2: Amazing.
0: Awesome. I'm sure we have some honorable mentions. Yes. Alex, do you want to lead us off here? Sure.
2: So I have um, about, I think, 10. <laughs> oh, okay. So number one, uh, The Finest Hours. Have either of you seen this movie?
1: No. I haven't, actually.
2: It's really, really good. It came out in 2016. The reviews are like so-so. I actually thought it was great, and it was done by Disney, but... It has a great cast, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, it's a true story of, about the Coast Guard, you know, doing an attempt to rescue people stranded on a boat. So definitely watch that one.
0: Okay, I'm in.
2: Um, both of you haven't seen it, right? So Yeah it should be both on both of your lists. Finally, yeah, yeah. something you both haven't seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it looks like a good cast. I just looked it up.
2: Yeah, so that's definitely worth a watch. Hillbilly Elegy, it was the movie that came out on oh, Netflix yeah. recently with Amy Adams. And I think oh, it's Oh yeah, Glenn I haven't Close. seen that either. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh true story, you know, really really good. Um Titanic, obviously.
0: That's on mine as well.
2: Uh, the Social Network, Captain Phillips, Rain Man, Julie and Julia, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Green Book, Bohemian Rhapsody, and um, The Impossible. Did you ever see The Impossible?
0: Yeah, Impossible was was really good. I'm actually mad at myself for not having Green Book on my honorables. That movie is <laughs> fucking amazing. What's The Impossible?
2: It's a, about the um, 2004 tsunami about a family that oh. is on vacation. And no, gets, I didn't see that. Yeah, definitely watch it. It's really good.
0: Yeah, you'd like it, Mike. It's a very yeah. solid movie. Very solid. I also forgot that, that Three Billboards, that's based on a true story? Yeah. Am, am I just idiotic for not remembering that? It's that based great. on
2: um, a murder, I think. I can't remember what year it was, but it is based on a true story.
0: Yeah. I, it's so funny. Titanic would have been on my list typically, like very high, but I just didn't include it because I was like, yeah, like the Titanic sinking was real, but obviously the entire story of the movie is is like made up. So I was like,
2: but it still has some truth to it.
0: It do- it does, just so much less than a lot of the other movies that we spoke about. So I but but Titanic's one of my favorite movies. It's it's an absolute classic and and of course, yes, there's there's absolute elements of truth and a couple a couple of the characters are real characters from real life. But yeah, if you haven't seen Titanic, you've been living under a rock for the entirety <laughs> of your life. So all right. Well, yeah, some other honorables that I had were The Wolf of Wall Street. Love that movie, Memories of Murder, which was on one of my recent lists on another episode, which is another great crime film. Uh Ford versus Ferrari.
2: Mm, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, we both we both like that one quite a bit. I mean, how could I not say Eight Mile?
2: Mm-hmm. True.
1: Yeah.
0: The King's Speech. Love the King's Speech. Couple more. Alpha Dog. With our man Emil Hirsch again.
1: See, that's another one I did not know it was based on a true story.
0: It is. Um October Sky, which is becoming one of my favorite movies to drop on the podcast after Rory recommended it. And it's gonna be one of my hilarious honorables. Now I just can't stop. So The Intouchables, which oh, was yeah, remade, yeah. of course, in the States is the upside, but they're they're both good, but the Intouchables is the better version. Um, Miracle with Kurt Russell. Mm. And then the last one is a trio of films. It's all the Pete Berg action films. Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, and Patriot's Day. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Nomadland.
2: Oh, yeah. And Hacksaw Ridge. Just had to throw that one out there. It was a good one.
1: Um. Okay. I'll just throw a few out. So... <laughs>
0: After. <laughs> Alex and I both have like 10 to 15.
1: Oh so the great Escape um, a Steve McQueen movie it's a classic um, Bonnie and Clyde, another classic um, Bronson I'm not sure if you guys saw that movie. It's a Nick Reffin movie starring Tom Hardy from 2008 maybe um, about like uh, like a very famous like sort of murderer in the UK. Uh, but it's really, really interesting role and performance. Oh, yeah. I've
0: always wanted to see that.
1: Uh, Hunger, which is another, like, sort of Irish history film directed by Stephen Queen, starring Michael Fassbender in that phase of his life. And uh, I guess the last one is I think we've mentioned it maybe once in passing on the podcast, but Wolf Creek underrated horror film that is based on a true story.
0: Australian horror film, right?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: I gotta give that a rewatch. I remember I saw it back when it came out and I wasn't so hot on it, but I feel like it's one that if I revisited now, I'd appreciate it a lot more. Because it came out like 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. It came out in that sort of saw
0: time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, I think that's it. I think that's good.
0: Alright, I love it. What a fun! What a fun app! I love this topic.
2: I know Great Mike topic-less. never ceases to surprise me with his list.
0: I know it. It gives you so many more to have to watch now.
2: I know.
1: Pretty mainstream list for
0: me though. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's Yeah, down. really, really
2: mainstream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I'll give you, Mike? I'll give you this. They were spread throughout the decades, relatively on the newer side, on the on the more recent side for you. That's relatively.
1: That's probably true. Yeah, but I mean, you've heard of all my films,
0: a hundred percent. You're right in that case. See? That's right. a win. You're right. You're right. Damn. I've I've heard of them all. That's for that's for sure. And I've wanted to see most of them. Um, you know, a movie we forgot to drop by the way, Rush.
1: Oh, that one with uh, the Hemsworth guy.
0: Have you never seen that?
1: No, no, I have the racing one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, with Chris Hemsworth and um, I forget who the other guy is, but also Olivia Wilde's in it. That's, that's a great movie.
1: Daniel Bruhl.
0: Yeah, oh, he's fantastic. He's great though. in it. Yeah, he's really great He's fantastic.
1: He's also great in Inglorious Bastards, though.
0: Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Shout out to you, sir. Well, it's been an episode, guys.
2: Another great episode.
0: Just another one with Alex in the books. I mean, Dylan just, he's hes losing any chance of catching up to to her as our, our most frequent guest. He was pretty upset last time he was on the pod out. He wanted to catch up to you, but...
2: I'm always one episode ahead.
0: Yeah, you're always one step ahead.
2: No, not step, episode.
0: Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> two steps total. Yeah, two, two step, steps, one yeah. episode. <laughs> well... If you guys want to tell us your favorite movies, if we missed any, which is probably impossible with my lengthy honorable mentions list, then hit us up on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives. Hit us up on Twitter at Top Dives. Let us know what you're liking, what you're not liking. And if you would be so kind, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's free. It takes about 30 seconds, and it helps us get... Noticed. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Alex, for coming back yet again. We will see you guys next week. Peace.
2: Yeah, thanks. Top
1: 5s and deep dives without a PTM. Top 5s and deep dives without a PTM. Top 5s and deep dives without a PTM. Top 5s and deep dives without a PTM director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. Should we go?
0: Damn.